Hello everybody and welcome to Over the Rainbow, an LGBTQ podcast dedicated to queer education and queer representation. I'm your host, Rachel Keithley, and I use she, her pronouns. Today's guest is Joseph Rees. Joe uses he, him pronouns. He is the founder and owner of Homo Joe, a not-for-profit brand aiming to challenge bullying within the LGBTQ community, create meaningful connections and celebrate identity. In today's episode, we are talking more about the existence of a hierarchy of identity within the LGBTQ community. If you haven't listened to last week's episode with Jenna Slaughter talking about gatekeeping in the community yet, do go back and listen to that first. Today, we are following on from that discussion as Joe and I discuss the existence of hate, bullying and marginalisation from within the LGBTQ community and the effects this has on folk exploring their identities. Joe shares his experience with this and we begin to explore some of the reasons this hierarchy exists and in doing so, challenge the idea that there is one way to be. We also talk about the repercussions this hierarchy has on fighting for equality and the need to bring everyone's experiences and identity to the forefront to create equal spaces across society. All of this underpins Joe's motivations for starting Homo Joe, so please do go support him in this amazing inclusive brand. Together, we can break down these hierarchies and build a fully inclusive, equal LGBTQ community where every single gender and sexuality is celebrated. So, let's get on with the show. Welcome to Over the Rainbow. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. How are you today? Uh, not too bad, thank you. It's been a bit of a long week, but um, I've been really looking forward to this, uh, this podcast. So thank you again for having me. You're welcome. I've also been looking forward to it. <laughs> um, so to begin, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? So name, pronouns, bit about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Joseph. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, I've just recently founded Homo Joe, which is a not-for-profit brand which aims to amplify inclusion and uh, diminish internal anti- well, internal anti-bullying. Yeah. yeah, which is definitely something that we are going to be talking about today. And from the off, I want to say that the the brand and the clothing is amazing. Having bought some pieces myself this week. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> But before we do get into that topic, let's start by sharing something we've done this week, either to engage in queer activism or queer education. So do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, yeah, if you'd like, if you'd like to set off, um, then I can. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good to me. Uh, so this week, I actually I rang my nearly 90 year old grandpa just to sort of fill him in on what I'd been doing in my life. Um, and I actually shared with him the fact that I'd done an interview a few weeks ago with um, a local councillor in Bradford called Richard Dunbar. Um, it was sort of a conversation interview for LGBTQ plus History Month. And I sort of told my grandpa, like, oh, I've done this. And it was quite a, a big thing for me to be talking to people beyond my podcast and people that have like positions in the world where they can implement sort of policies to help LGBTQ plus people. Um, and bless his little heart he actually went and listened to the interview because it's, oh. it's online, I know. And then I got the sweetest email from him um, saying how proud he was. But beyond that, the thing that was wow. amazing for me was that it actually got him thinking about LGBTQ plus identity because obviously he's 90 when he was growing up. Either he didn't know about it or if he did, it was literally illegal. Um, yeah. So it was really interesting to see how someone from an older generation has gone away reflected on the views that they were taught growing up and he's now willing to have conversations with me and he even wants to come and listen to the podcast wow oh I mean that is pretty remarkable in itself I mean I wish uh, to god that my grandmother was a little bit more open uh, to learning a little bit more about the LGBT plus community Um, but she (laughs) um, as you can imagine with any other older generation um, there was a little bit of a resistance so that's incredible to hear yeah, especially, I, I love him, don't get me wrong, but he's from a very, he's, he's very Catholic and obviously there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I, I thought I thought he would be one of the last people to be open to 
talking and listening to these things so at least I know not everyone is in the same position but at least for me it shows that I shouldn't be making judgments about people purely because they're from an older generation so yeah no absolutely and what's interesting about that actually is I've, I've had a I've experienced a bit of a conundrum personally because whenever I talk to other people about this generational gap and um, the idea that, well, you know, they come from a different generation, so therefore we have to give them some leniency, my I, it, it almost gets my back up um, a little bit because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, you were, you were brought up with a different set of values, but essentially you've also had more time on this planet to learn and become more tolerant and essentially to grow as a better human being. Um, I know that I can never talk from that perspective. I mean, I'm not from that generation. So I, you know, it's, it's very easy for me to say that. However, in my mind, I, I think to myself, there are people who are just so much more open to learning. And you think that when you spend more time on this planet, as I say, that you would be that little bit more open to learning about the world in so many different dimensions. So it's, it's a bit of a, it's this funny argument, not argument, I have a discussion that I have with people who um, blame people's values on a generational thing. It's really interesting, actually. It's something that I've, I've never thought of at quite that level, but I agree with you because if, if it was the case that genuinely their sort of upbringing and their values were such a strong influence, then there would be nobody from that generation willing to listen but yeah. given there are it suggests it's, it's perfectly possible <laughs> exactly <laughs> no I completely agree my my grandmother who, who died a few years ago um she I mean in her last year she was reading the Quran she was very open to learning about different aspects of the world and different cultures and, and I think that's amazing and as you say there are people out there who are willing to uh, adapt their thinking um so to say oh you know they belong to a different generation I just don't think is an strong enough in my mind anyway um yeah <laughs> again I can't speak on that on from that perspective in, in its entirety but that's just my view yeah which is completely valid um so do you want to share what you've done this week to engage in queer activism and queer education yeah absolutely so this week I have done a little bit of reading on uh, gay literature with some gay literature um, and I've also been engaging a lot with the um, homo Joe customers, which for me is um, an avenue of activism in itself, um, mainly because the, the, the reason I started homo Joe was to unite people with very similar values um, and to connect and communicate with those people uh, and so far, I feel like it's been I've been doing that, and the um, the purpose of Homojo is really beginning to um, to foster itself. Um, so I've been speaking to a lot of people via uh, social media, people with body confidence issues. Um, uh, one person in particular messaged me and was really interested in a tank top that we do, um, but voiced his concerns about not being entirely body confident. And to me, that's that that is one of the highlights of why I started Homo Joe is to really connect with people and, and find out what, what makes people tick and how it is that I can potentially aid um, those people. I don't want to be the type of brand who splashes muscular um, people who, I don't know, like in society, how people deem these people attractive more than others. Like I want to get away from that. I want to celebrate diversity. I want people to realize that they can be attractive without having to compare themselves to people in typical magazines. So. I feel like this week, um, and well, ever since I started Homo Joe, it's really given me the, the platform to uh, connect with people. And uh, yeah, so I, I feel like that's that's what I've been doing this past week. And um, it's been amazing, actually. It's big to see these kind of things come into fruition has been really rewarding. Yeah, it sounds absolutely incredible. And I, I particularly love the point you said about what you're doing in terms of you're not just... Um, trying to appease sort of the highest common denominator of this is what a lesbian looks like, this is what a gay person looks like, because we all come in so many different shapes and sizes, we have so many different interests, different ways we want to express ourselves, and the fact that you are showing people it's okay to be you in whatever form that looks like is really empowering and it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, again, that's exactly what the foundations of Homo Joe is. Um, want to want people to know that they can celebrate each other um, and to celebrate themselves um, at the same time. Um, and it's just been incredible, as I say, to see 
that in fruition and to actually see people um, resonate with, with what it is that I'm doing. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's it, all, it makes everything so worth it. And so when you say, what have you done for the community this week? I'm like, oh, I wish I could give you a more definitive answer of the impact I'm doing or, you know, um, anything else. But that's really what excites me. Well, and that is an impact in and of itself. It doesn't, that one of the points I try to make by asking this question every week is not that we need to all be committing to some grand gesture where we're standing in Trafalgar Square with a megaphone, being <laughs> like, you know, the biggest voice out there. It's all, all these small everyday actions that are also really, really important. And it's stuff that everyone can do from the comfort yeah. of their own home half the time. So it's a really good Absolutely. example. Yeah, well, it's the subtleties that make the difference, yeah. I find. Um, and that, again, is very much related to Homo Joe. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So within that, um, we're actually going to be talking today about something that I believe sort of motivated your brand, which is, and it's a bit of a contentious topic, but we're going to launch right in. <laughs> it's hate and bullying and marginalisation and sort of that mm. ostracisation of difference from within the LGBTQ plus community. So would you like to share your story with what you've noticed in terms of this sort of hierarchy of identity within the LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, exactly why I started the brand in the first place. Um, it started from a much more humble perspective. <laughs> so um, when I start, first started thinking, I mean, the reason I, I started Homo Joe, as I said, was to um, create something that really strove for uh, inclusivity and anti-bullying. And the reason that came up uh, is because it, well, it started all from the apps, weirdly, which is, as I say, it's a very, it's small potatoes in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, that was the seed. And it was my experiences um, online and talking to other gay men um, that, was, that kind of got me thinking about how it is that we interact with each other. And, um, why it is that we interact with each other in such with such hostility sometimes um and uh, it's start you know we we can talk about something a little bit cliche for instance you know on the on the apps a guy saying you know mask for mask only um you know that is for me is is a form of bullying in itself because you're basically ostracizing people who don't align with what it is that you're attracted to and don't get me wrong like I'm absolutely not saying that people aren't entitled to be attracted to who they're attracted to that's not what I'm saying at all like we're all entitled to that um what I am saying is that we need to be a little bit more cautious in the way that we demonstrate those those types of things um and you know this whole mask for mask um issue is an issue in itself, not just because, you know, these people are ostracizing others because of what they look like, but also because of the person that it's coming from. I mean, they're, they're separate set of issues. Um, you know, this whole thing about masculinity is, I mean, we can go back to the movement a couple of years ago about the whole toxic masculinity. And it's, um, it's, it's quite disturbing where it all comes from, really. When I think about it in a bit more detail, the, like, I feel like there's a lot of gay men who feel it's like a necessity to convey masculinity. Um, and that more than likely is derivative from a society that tells us that we, you know, gay men are too girly or we're too feminine. Uh, we're, we're not, uh, we're too emotional or, you know, we're inferior physically. And it's no wonder that a lot of gay men feel like they have to portray masculinity to fight for their place at the table. Um, so, and then they project that on the community, which is, again, it, it's poisonous because you're, you're creating this impression that everyone else has to be masculine in order to fit into society. And somehow it's kind of ingrained into their personality as they go into, into the community. Um, I think that um, that's where it was really, it, that's where it was born from anyway, when I started Homo Joe was this impression that people gave. So yes, it's like this, this idea about toxic masculinity, which is not only impacted the um, like hetero society, but it's massively influenced um, the LGBT plus community, um, making people feel invalid or um, making people feel like they don't have a right to sit at the table of other I don't want to say tribes because I don't particularly like that word, but perhaps like sub-communities. Um, so um, yeah, that's where it was born from. And then I realized that it wasn't so much 
um, that it was so much larger than that. And um, the, like, the issues were so multifaceted within the community. There was so much animosity towards one another, but without reason, when you really thought about it at its core, we should be more united as a community. And the reason that we're not is kind of lost on all of us. It's funny because I had um, a little bit of kickback with the usage of labels. And I know that you've explored this in previous podcasts, which I found absolutely fascinating and so and so enlightening in so many different ways. Um, but for me, the reason that I am almost quite pro uh, labels is because as you've kind of explored previously, it gives you an extension of identity in a way. And um, a lot of people don't, I mean, their reasoning for not wanting labels is because they feel that there's further division. Whereas in my mind, um, the only the division is coming from that said person, you know, just because you belong to a, like um, a sub community um, or just because you um, you label yourself doesn't mean that you can't integrate with other people, <laughs> doesn't mean that you can't form connections with other people. That's just ludicrous. That's like saying a man can't go out with a woman um, for a drink because they're two separate genders. <laughs> Like it's, 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 so it's, it's, it's ludicrous that people, to me in my mind, that people say, well, you know, you're just creating more division. It's like, no, you're just given an extension of identity. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't be friends. It doesn't mean you can't establish a collection. Um, it just means that you have other people that you can share um, similar interests, philosophies and values with um, to relate to someone that little bit more intricately. Um, that doesn't mean that you're ostracizing other people at all. Um, so again, um, Homo Joe very much was developed in the mindset of wanting to create connection and to make other people aware that you don't, just because you may be different from someone else doesn't mean you can't celebrate one another and to establish like a, a, like a, like a broader connection uh, with more people. Um, and again, that really, that was highlighted for me. These philosophies and values were highlighted for me when I moved to Canada. Um, it was the first time that I'd really experienced a community that really endorsed and celebrated um, connection and diversity and um, just wanting to get to know someone on the premise of wanting to get to know them. You know, sex was irrelevant. And I find that that is also a bit of a hindrance in the community. It's that you feel like you can't establish a connection with someone because you don't want to have sex with them. <laughs> and um, I feel like, and, and it, it's very strange because I, I recently um, read The Velvet Rage. Um, I was very late to the game on that one. <laughs> I know that it's been around for quite a while um, and it's been recommended a lot. Um, and when I was reading it, it was so funny because it felt like my thoughts were being echoed in on, on the pages. Um, and there was a lot about how um, men, specifically gay men, um, can be very um, intolerant of meeting people from different facets of the community because they don't they don't feel like they're attracted to them. And to me, that's a huge problem. Um, and it was very much the basis of the uh, the scene in London. I felt when I lived there, when I moved to Canada, I felt like everyone was so much more in celebration of one another. And um, and that's when the, the concept of Homo Joe evolved from, well, you know what, like, I don't like seeing people bully one another on the apps and um, on social media um, and evolved into, okay, like, this is so much more important, like the actual concept of, of celebrating one another on a much broader scale. Um, and then from that, it evolved into, um, I, I claim to be, I mean, before I started Homo Joe, I was probably, um, well, no, not probably. I was very ignorant. Like I didn't. I, I've, I've never been a hateful person in any way, shape, or form. And um, I've, I've, I've never um, gone into a situation thinking I don't want to get to know you because I'm not attracted to you. But I knew when I moved to Canada that I had a lot to learn about all the different avenues of the LGBT community. I knew that there was so much more I had to learn. Um, and that is what Homo Joe is for now, is for other people to learn in, in a neutral and friendly environment. Because I find that the reason hostility exists so much within the community is usually due to a lack of understanding or because people are afraid to learn a little bit more about other people because they feel like they're going to be met with some sort of hostility um, for, for them to be um, labelled as a bad person 
or ignorant. And a lot of the time it is our responsibility to go out and learn about the world and about people. Um, but at the same time, I feel like we all play a part in helping each other understand. And um, if Homo Joe can act as a tool or as a resource uh, to enable that to happen, then I feel like that's when I've done my job. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Honestly, you've put into words perfectly the message I'm trying to get across within my PhD research. <laughs> so yeah, to give people a little bit of context, because I guess my PhD research motivations are relatively similar to the motivations of your sort of brand and your clothing and your business. But I went into my research thinking that hate against LGBTQ plus people came from solely outside the community. That's who I thought the perpetrators were. That's where I thought the problem lay. And I started to talk to more LGBTQ plus people. And as I sort of was going through my own journey of dating, I'm in a long term permanent relationship now, but before at the time when I was dating, I began to see that actually, like you said, there were sort of fractions and hierarchies within the LGBTQ plus community that I just naively just assumed would not <laughs> exist because I thought, yeah. you know, we're all marginalized for being non-cisgender and or non-heterosexual. It's, it's always termed the LGBTQ plus community. So therefore I thought, you know, we're all in this together. We all understand each other and we, we absolutely don't. And so it's interesting what you said about um, in terms of masculine men wanting masculine men for within the lesbian community, the most common form of hate I see is against bisexual people or pansexual people. And you see when you're swiping on the dating apps, you literally see people saying no bisexuals, no pansexuals, well, lesbians yeah. only. And when I delved into it a bit more, because I, I mean, I that wasn't something that would ever put me off dating a person, getting to know a person, people would, feel like they had to ask me the question saying are you okay with me being bisexual and I was like wow like of, of course I am like that's that's a part of your identity and why why is it that I would have a problem and I'd ask them that and I'd say oh well and obviously this is not all lesbian women or all gay women but they'd say there are people out there who feel threatened by the fact that I'm also attracted to men or I'm also attracted to other genders beyond cisgender females um, and therefore they seem to think that this therefore entails that I will be promiscuous, that I am only wanting to be with a woman for a couple of months and then I'll go back to men, etc, etc. And these, I mean, these stereotypes and sort of assumptions, these microaggressions that can turn quite a lot more severe than just being microaggressions, uh, they're everywhere, they're everywhere where people are not fitting into sort of the um, stereotypical archetypal labeled box of what you would consider a gay man to be, a lesbian woman to be, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to the extent that it even boils down to anything that's sort of beyond the binary is just seen as unacceptable. So again, this feeds into no trans people. And it's like, well, you're undermining their gender there by saying that you are gay, but you're not going to be attracted to a trans woman because a trans woman is a woman it's not it's not a man parading about as a woman um yeah and these sort of misunderstandings are just so common and they scare me so much because for me the sort of massive problem I see with this is that if we are not supporting each other and we are not accepting each other's identities how are we ever supposed to get that acceptance and that validation from the external community that we're fighting for equality from. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's 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 interesting that you uh, initially brought up um, bisexual and pansexual uh, as an example because it is. I, I again, I didn't realise how much bullying there was within our community specific to um, bisexual and pansexual people because I feel like there are a lot of people uh, within the community who see that as. Um, they're not almost like traitors you know like no you can't be bisexual you have to choose one gender you can't you can't you can't dip your toes in into our community and 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 that's again what what frightens you equally frightens me I mean you know how is it that we're supposed to develop a um an inclusive society within the LGBT 
plus community, if we're not able to understand that there are so many different forms of um, attraction, sex and genders, like how is it that we're, how, we're supposed to be progressive and we're hindering ourselves by not accepting the fact that there are, there are so many different spectrums of identity and yet we're not embracing that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Again, it's almost like invalidating someone's identity by saying that it doesn't exist. <laughs> and that is, you know, that, I mean, it's to say it out loud is ludicrous in itself. So it's, um, yeah. And also not just that, but again, like looping back to one of the foundations of Homo Joe and that one of my um, key inspirations was that people would evade these type of um, issues when they come out. I mean, we need to really uh, examine the way that the way that we treat people when they come out. And, um, and because it is just such a key moment in anyone's life. And I'm not just talking about coming out with, with sexuality, but who you are, like your identity. Um, we're essentially, we're, we're abandoning a, a community and a society that we've been a part of since birth and we're entering into a new community we're entering into a new society and we're entering that society um with the impression that we're going to be accepted and we're going to be validated and we're going to be safe and then to experience bullying in those moments is is just so i mean i can't i can't even express how sad that makes me feel to know that you are essentially you're doing one of the bravest things you've ever done in your life um to enter into something new and to feel like you're going to be sharing these experiences you're going to be sharing these um these emotions with other people and there's going to be a level of understanding and acceptance and to not be met with that um i think is is just i mean it really tugs at my heartstrings to feel that people will experience that so and and again bisexuality um and pansexuality is is something that I, I feel people don't give an, enough thought to and people don't give enough uh, validation to. No, I agree. And I, for me, it stems from the pervasiveness of a sort of heteronormative cisgender model of society. So if I, I mean, this applies to bisexual and pansexual identity, but um, the way it really screams out to me as to where, where the sort of problem lies is when we see the lack of transgender representation or the lack of um, acceptance and understanding of transgender identity in LGBTQ plus movements. It's sort of a, it's a primary example really of how gender identity or non-binary identities are seen as secondary in a movement for equal rights. So it's like trans individuals or individuals whose sexuality or gender identity uh, is beyond that binary are seen to occupy a space that's sort of entirely different and separate to um, these sort of binary sexual minorities, so gay men, gay women, etc. And I think they're seen to just historically and continually, they are, mar they are marginalised um, because LGBT plus individuals seem to think that they violate some kind of norms that we have about sexual and behaviour through sort of gender ambiguity, whether that is because they violate the norms of uh, what gender looks like or what sexual attraction to gender looks like and this and it's this visibility of um it's what you were actually said about um masculine men wanting masculine men and the pressures of as a gay man wanting to look masculine or feeling the need to look masculine the visible sort of androgynous gender non-conforming or gender queerness we see completely violates um some sort of argument we seem to have or accommodationist idea that we're just like you in inverted commas is in just like the heteronormative cisgender people in society and anyone who transgresses this gender binary or this view of what sexuality looks like um is seen to sort of exploit the movement for equality and then i mean it's so complex but that sort of seems to be what it is to me Completely. And it's, it kind of begs the question, what society are we striving for? Are we, are we striving for a society that fits the heteronormative, as you say? Like, are we trying to align ourselves more with what people want? Is when I, and when I say that, I mean the hetero community? Or are we striving for a community where we can actually express ourselves and evolve into what it is we want to be 
and for that to become normal you know like what 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 is it that we're fighting for i don't i don't want to be a part of a community that is fighting to fit into the box that society has built for us i want to fight for a society um and community that endorses the idea that you know what like we don't know everything and we haven't figured out who we are yet so let's work together and and do that like, like let's work together and make sure that we that we have a safe space to explore all these different avenues of identity yeah agreed um so what sort of effect both i guess i guess personally because your business will be personal but what effect has viewing this hierarchy had on you both on your understanding of lgbtq plus identity and i guess your own exploration of yourself so you know it's a funny one i feel like i'm, I'm always i'm constantly on this journey of self-discovery i mean um as as we all are i guess um but i mean i've definitely gone through that phase of wanting to hypermasculate myself um as i say to to fight for my my place at the table and you know when I think about it, my journey has been relative, a relatively smooth one. When I came out to my mum and my stepdad, there was there were no issues. They were they were very supportive. Um, so there was no need for me to um, explore ways of finding my identity in the shadows, as it were. That being said, I'd never felt like I was really part of a community. I, I grew up in Portsmouth until I was twenty one. It was a naval town, um, you know when I grew up 10, 15 years ago, it was not okay to be gay. I mean, I, every single day I had some sort of homophobic slur as I walked down the street, um, physically attacked a couple of times. Um, I actually have like a permanent um, scar on my face from one of those attacks. And I didn't though, so I had, <laughs> I know that kind of um, contradicts what I just said about having a smooth coming out, but in the grand scheme of things at the time, I thought that that was normal and I thought that was okay. And I thought, you know what, this is just this is just part of being gay or being part of the LGBT plus community is that you just you do have to fight for your for your place at the table. And this is just something that you have to put up with until we reach uh, a point in time where it is it has that 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 degree of normality to it. Um, so from that, I think that that's why I had to hypermasculate myself because I thought like I want to create the impression to other people that I am, am that I'm despite the fact that I'm gay. I am masculine and that I'm a man. <laughs> and again, it kind of all goes back to that toxic masculinity again. Um, society really, really shoving it down our throats as if it's the most important thing is to fit and conform to the, to the genders that we were born with. Um, so I, so that, that was something that I struggled with for a while, body issues. I felt like I had to um, go to the gym all the time to bulk up. I still go to the gym. I don't know if that is a, um, you know, if that's derivative from uh, wanting, you know, psychologically wanting to be that little bit more masculine. I mean, I say to myself, no, it's for health purposes. Um, you know, I, I did the endorphins, like, you know, that's what I, I claim it to be, but I, I can't help feeling that maybe there's an undertone of wanting to be that little bit more masculine or to portray myself as something that society would prefer me to be. Um, which is difficult to admit to myself because um, because of what it is that I'm building. I don't want to be that type of person who conforms to what other people want me to be. Um, and I do feel like I spent the last seven years since I started traveling uh, really getting away from that. But I do feel that there are some echoes of that going on within myself. Um, and it, but again, like <laughs> I don't want to sound uh, cheesy, but I feel like Homo Joe has also been an amazing tool for me. Um, so it's not only trying to create this platform for other people, but it's something that I've been up, I've been I've been able to use myself. Um, so even though I've only really been actively working on Homo Joe for the past year, looking back on myself a year ago, I feel like there have been some real fundamental changes, and I think I feel like the more I change, the more I can help. Yeah, agreed. And I think what you've said resonates with me a lot in terms of the effects, both of sort of how strong this heteronormative cisgender model of society is that even as LGBTQ plus individuals who automatically don't really fit into that, we try our best to conform and fit into that. And then beyond that, because therefore that is sort of the hierarchy of identity, it's like you need to be sort of the most... I don't know what the word would be 
you need to be gay enough or trans enough or queer enough in whatever way to fit into society, but also to fit into the LGBTQ plus community. And from my own research, I, th I think we, I mean, it's not everyone, but we all need to take a long, hard look at what we are doing within the LGBTQ plus community because it is really damaging. Like the, the responses I got in turn, I mean, I'm working through my data analysis now and the responses I got from people saying they can't even come out properly to other LGBTQ plus people because they just get bullied, they get rejected, they get marginalized. They, they have no safe space. And this is one of the biggest problems with being LGBTQ plus in a society where we don't have the same rights is we already don't feel safe when we're looking at our straight cisgender counterparts. But to then not feel safe in a community that's supposed to have your back is like, where the hell else are you supposed to turn? It is- Oh my God, yeah. It's terrifying. And I think that's something we really, really need to reflect on, which is, this is what drew me to you and to your business, because I thought, wow, someone is actually doing something about this. Someone is trying to shed a light on the fact that we can't keep thinking that because I'm gay, but you're bi, I'm therefore better than you. And you know, we can't, equality, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, equality is absolutely meaningless if we do not all have it. That's the whole point of equality is that we are all equal. And I think that is the point we should be striving for every single day. Completely. I think equality is essentially the nuances of the community. I think that's what people, I, I feel like there's a big lack of understanding in regards to the nuances. Like you have, as you say, you're gay, lesbian, trans, every, you know, and then, every, but then when you dissect that, it's the nuances that really create the spectrums of differences. And there, and the nuances is really what we need to celebrate and understand. Um, so creating, um, creating a platform for people to express those nuances and to um to help others learn and celebrate them is just that is what we're about and that's and that's what i hope to share and um more than anything um i want that to be a tool uh for people to find other people who share the same values and philosophies yeah and i think that's really powerful as well isn't it because within that if you're all celebrating different your difference you're celebrating the intersectionalities of identity you're celebrating uniqueness then you can just embrace being yourself and we'll, i i mean i truly believe that we will get to a place of equal rights far faster if we're all embracing our individuality because i mean if you look at straight people or cisgender people they're not all exactly the same within that umbrella of heterosexuality or cisgenderness, are they? We all have different aspects of our identity that make us us. Therefore, we shouldn't be looking to pressure people into being or looking or acting one certain way. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I mean, going back to um, talking to uh, cisgendered hetero uh, people whenever they say oh what is homo joe about and I describe that they're like I don't understand I don't understand why it is that you need to fight for equality within the community and that's that's a, that again is a problem in itself because um people I think that there are a lot of people in the world who believe that the LGBTQ plus community are sorted we're okay because we have each other um and so whenever when, when I've elaborated on what Homo Joe is about, and um, people have been honestly dumbfounded. They've been like, I had no idea that was such an issue. And I said, yeah, like that, it is a huge issue. So not only do we have to fight against a heteronormative society, but we have, we're, we're also striving for equality within our own community, <laughs> which and again, like it just, that just kind of, that just caused a little giggle because it's because of the ludicrousness of it all. <laughs> It's, um, yeah, so I, w I went off on a bit of a tangent then, but it just popped into my mind and I thought, it is pretty crazy. No, but I think it's a really good point. And I think without, perhaps without even realising it, it is having an effect on the world outside the LGBTQ plus community. So if we take a very current example in terms of the fact that we are hopefully on the cusp of making conversion therapy illegal, if you look on Twitter and on social media, people are saying, are we making sure that trans people are protected under this? Because of the fact that these fractions, I mean, they're occurring anyway, if we look at the hate crime laws, if you're 
gay, lesbian, bisexual, etc., you have far more protection under hate crime laws than if you're transgender, which is absolutely ridiculous. But again, with conversion therapy, there is a very, very real possibility that they will ban it in terms of gay conversion therapy. Are they going to ban it for genders as well? And who, who knows? And I, I'm, I'm not so naive enough to think that, be, that that's just blame that we need to be putting on the cisgendered heterosexual factions of communities if we're also fighting amongst ourselves and we've got people like the LGB alliance who have a voice to say that they're for sexual minorities but not for gender minorities then of course the sort of people in power who also are extremely bigoted and discriminatory in so many ways and they can take a loss of that responsibility but if we're not coming to them saying we need to protect everyone, then they're not going to protect everyone either, are they? Because they have no reason to. They can continue with their sort of bigoted, discriminatory views. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's funny because that, I feel like that also goes hand in hand with this attitude that some a lot of people have adopted when it comes to, well, you know, like you, you have it OK now. Like, I feel like you're accepted. So isn't that enough? And it's like, no, actually, because... Um, the like acceptance does not equal equality and and if we're going back to the hierarchy uh, system uh, that we've been discussing it's it's almost like you have to start from the top down which doesn't make any sense because it's like first of all we have to fight for what most of society is already acquainted to and that acquainted with and that is gay lesbian uh, bisexual most of most of um, heteronormative society is familiar with that so people so they're like well hang on you know you, you have your rights you've got you've got um you've got uh, marriage equality um you know you're you're able to adopt whatever thinking that's enough and it's like no you're neglecting so many other avenues of our community and to say that we have it okay now is just is is not okay and what's more scary is that that also exists within the community so a lot of lgb people are saying no we have it quite good now so you know like our fight is you know our fight is over it hasn't even started <laughs> you know like because because and and to and to um to kind of allude to the fact that everything is okay now makes me feel like they're in a very privileged situation um I know that we're not. We have so much, so much more further, to, so much further to go, um, and I absolutely want to try my hardest with Homojo to at least shed a little bit more light on that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I have to confess that that is something that I learned in the past year. If we take the um, sort of marriage points specifically, I mean, I've always known that we're not done in terms of the movement for equality, but I actually naively thought that we had what I would term equal marriage. And then my friend who is non-binary said, actually, we do not. We have same-sex marriage. Yes, we've got that. But anyone who is non-binary or gender fluid in any way does not actually have marriage rights in this country without being misgendered. And it's like, well, then they don't have marriage rights. So why are we sitting back thinking, oh, look, we're one of these countries in the world that has equal marriage, when we don't? Yeah, no, 100%. It's... <laughs> It's, 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 it's like, yeah, it's opening Pandora's box, isn't it? In a way, it's um, dumbfounding, really. Honestly, yeah, it's like you can go beat around the bush so many times and you just want to rip your hair out and scream because yeah. <laughs> we're just so not where we need to be. No, no, we're not. But I believe, and this is, this is another point, um, something else that we're striving for, is that we're moving into a better direction. And the reason I know that's the case is because I've already seen, I've already witnessed the, the people that have connected um, to Homo Joe and what it is I'm doing. And knowing that I'm not alone in my values and philosophies is so much more encouragement. I mean, the whole concept, again, was born out of the idea of um, there is a fight to be had, but we're going into it in a very, very friendly way. We're going into it um, being with the attitude of like, okay, you may not align with our values, but we are here for the people who who, who do share those those values um, and I think that that is a progressive um, a, a progressive approach because I feel like in order to educate you don't have to reprimand um, I feel like it's so much more inviting to be able to turn around and say okay like I'm gonna find we're gonna find some common ground because that is 
the best avenue to uh, to learn and to develop our, um, our our points of views and our ethics and our values. Um, and that again is I, I don't want to be like that. That's what Homo Joe's about, <laughs> but it is it is 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 being able to um, create a movement in which um, people can feel invited and to learn in a safe and neutral space. Yeah. And that's actually answered the question that I was going to ask you in terms of how we can educate ourselves. I mean, there may be more you can say, but how we can educate ourselves on identity and challenge this hierarchy. For me, it is not about reprimanding people. It's about raising awareness, having conversations in a very mutual learning way, because it's something that I've, I've been learning as a gay woman, as I've been coming to explore gender and sexuality more from the beginning of when, when I first discovered I was gay to throwing myself into activism for the whole community is learning the best way to do it to get the most out of people. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, the two fundamental things are um, patience and being a little bit more neutral and uh, friendly about it. And again, like, I don't want to create the impression that I don't feel like there's a necessity for aggro because sometimes there is like, we're all exasperated by the way we're treated by other people. And I understand why some people, their, their immediate reaction to, um, to invasive questions could be to be a little bit more, um, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to say hostile, but just exasperated, I guess. Um, and, I don't feel, you know, I don't want to say that that's, that's not provoked, because it is. I mean, as I say, like, when, when people ask you an invasive question, of course, you, you know, other people are going to react with a certain amount of hostility. Um, but also, like, I feel like we all need to take a step back. And, you know, if we do ask an invasive question, or if we do ask someone to educate us in another realm um, than the LGBT plus community that we're not massively familiar with, if we're met with a bit of hostility, take a moment to step back and say, Oh, you know what? I'm, I apologize if that question was invasive. Um, uh, I, you know, I will go away and I'll try and find resources that are going to equip me with the knowledge to form a more well-rounded, you know, opinion. Or um, so I think. Um, so, so you know, don't blame that person for acting in a certain way because they probably had a lifetime of people asking the invasive questions. <laughs> So it's, 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 it's giving people the freedom to act in a certain way and giving the people, giving people the freedom to respond in um, a way that's that little bit more, um, I, I, I really don't want to use the word hostile because I feel like it's, it's, it's undeserving, but for, in a frustrated manner, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that was a really good answer and I've never actually thought about it like that, but I think going forward... I definitely will. I mean, I don't ever come in guns blazing and I, I'd <laughs> like to think I don't ask people invasive questions, but it is a two way street, isn't it? It's I know that we are marginalized individuals and when we're trying to educate people and have these conversations, it's so raw, it's so personal, it's so emotional that sometimes you can't sit down and very calmly ask people questions or have a calm conversation, but you need to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I know, you know, that, that's how I like to live by. So if someone asks me an ignorant question or if someone asks me something that I find a little bit insulting, I will just take a moment, I'll step back and, and, and you know, give them the best possible explanation or answer as I can um, in, in an informative informative way and in a respectful way. Um, because I feel like see people are so much more receptive to learning when they're met with um, a willing to educate. Um, but again, like, I am also guilty of losing my temper when people ask me questions. You know, it depends on the day, doesn't it, for everyone. I mean, I say Homo Joe is all about being friendly and about um, positivity and connection. But like, I also have my off days. You know, I remember being at work um, last year and um, one of the guys that I worked with just, I mean, um, uh, cis hetero guy said, um, also, I hope I haven't created the impression that cis hetero people are awful. <laughs> because it's, obviously that's not what we're saying. But a lot of them know, are great, like, yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, I just, you know, obviously the examples that we're giving um, derive from a society that has kind of inhibited a lot of us from being, from being who we are. So that's, yeah, 
So exactly. not a not a cis hetero hater. Just wanted to <laughs> and sort of clarify that. Um, um, and he turned around and he was like, "Oh man, you know, um, oh, God, I wish I was gay. Sometimes you guys have it so easy." And this was in the context of hooking up. Um, and I was like, "Wow!" Like my jaw hit the floor, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Me too." And he was like, "Oh, dude, like I'm so sorry. Like I, I thought you were gay." And I was like, "Oh no, I am." I just thought we were saying stupid things today. Like and I was just so like annoyed because I was, I was like, how so ignorant saying something like that. Um, and you know, like, and that 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 was one of those examples where I just lost my temper. I just thought, you dickhead. Like, sorry, but like, I don't know if I can swear on this, but I yeah, you can't. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was so frustrated. And I, like, in, in that moment, I should have said, look, you know, like, okay, like, our hookup culture is very liberating and it's very free. However you know, um, being part of the LGBT plus community also comes with its own trials, you know, and and perhaps educated in him in in why that particular comment was so ignorant and silly more than anything else. Um, so yeah, as I say, like we're all guilty of um, losing our temper in certain instances. And I think that is completely and utterly valid. We're all allowed to demonstrate frustration because of the way that people approach us in certain certain dynamics um but as I say like what I try to practice more than anything is a very mutual friendly approach because I feel like people are so much more receptive to that yeah 100% I couldn't agree more and that is such a good point I mean it's something we face every day isn't it so of course at times it's just going to feel like enough is enough but I think that's a great point to practice that sort of calmness when we can (laughs) yeah completely and again like that's just I mean that's a pretty pathetic example really about what how I said about you know this guy um, saying oh god you guys have it so easy in regards to hookup culture like imagine someone saying something as ignorant towards someone with their pronouns pronouns or about their gender something that you know something is way more destructive um that you know so of course people are going to react with frustration um and i think so again like looping back um i think to 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 really understand and to really um evolve your mindset I think you will have to be uh, prepared to be met with a bit of frustration because no wonder there is so much of it around yeah excellent point um moving on from that can you share some great support services or research uh, research some great support <laughs> services or resources for people who are wanting to learn more about identity inclusivity and breaking down these barriers and hierarchies yeah absolutely so actually uh, so of course, um, LGBTQ plus literature is always one of the best resources. Um, I read a book called A Queer History recently. I found it quite hard to get through, but only because I'm not, uh, I haven't got the book smarts as much as others. <laughs> um, so there were some, um, so it, I, I did find it quite, quite hard to get through, but very informative. And uh, it just gives you a little bit more like a more well-rounded scope of the community uh so i I very much enjoyed that again the velvet rage um it was well it is uh it was written for um gay men specifically so it it may not be as diverse as other literature out there but um i still i still found it very valuable as a resource um again the charity that i collaborate with uh, just like us i find that an incredible charity uh, and the reason for that is because they they basically work with uh, LGBTQ plus youth and they go around to schools and they do workshops. And the reason that I uh, see so much value in this particular charity um, is because you're targeting uh, homophobia and uh, transphobia and you're targeting these educational resources that haven't really be- become available until recent years and you're impl- implementing them at school. So you're kind of eradicating these, uh, these chances of, uh, of discrimination uh, right from the get-go, if that makes sense. So um, I think that's an incredible resource. And you know, they, t- they take on volunteers and mentors all the time, which I think is, is, is incredible. Thank you for those. That was really great. And I want to actually say, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but I wanted to say that one of the things that I love about Homo Joe is that you support different charities and organisations and you take sort of insights and uh, suggestions from the LGBTQ plus community itself so that you are 
always giving back and supporting the areas of the LGBTQ plus community where the help is needed the most, as it were. Yeah, thank you for noticing that, actually, uh, because, again, um, I started Homo Joe for the community. So for me, it's a community organization. It's a community interest company. And therefore, um, I rely on the Homo Joe customers and the people who express interest in what we're doing to help Homo Joe evolve. So really, I'm not I'm only here from you know logistically speaking I, i've really built this for people um and that's why i um i went into the charitable donations and contributions with the mindset well you know i want to start with just like us because that is a charity that i i wholeheartedly believe in however every six months we're going to um we're going to get feedback from other people and see what matters to them as you say um what is it that is important to you? What do you find valid in the community? What, what do you feel needs more support? And then we're going to adapt the charity, uh, the charitable contributions based on that. So um, yeah, thank you for noticing that because that was that was quite important for me because I don't want to be a dictator when it comes to how Joe Homo Joe operates and and the causes that we're um, that we're assisting. Um, the uh, the other thing. Homo Joe has is a, a blog page and I really encourage um, people from the community to contribute their story when if, if they're comfortable in doing so and um, that really gives other people an opportunity to read about someone else's experiences which I feel goes hand in hand in um, creating and fostering a better environment for everyone because it takes away that feeling of isolation and, and perhaps you can read something in someone else's experiences that you really resonate with and I don't know uh, some of the submissions that I've had previously has really helped me as a person learn a little bit more about that facet of the community also so um you know for anyone listening to this um please feel free to to send me your uh, your story because not only do I personally love reading them um but you know it could be a real help to someone else in the community that could be struggling with identity uh, so yeah Wow, that is absolutely amazing. And I'll 100% make sure to link that blog page to the show notes, because like you said, that's so important for helping other people, but in terms of exploring their identity and maybe having some questions answered, but also just the whole point of our discussion today to learn more about other identities beyond your own. Yeah. Thank you for setting that up. That's amazing. No, thank thank you. Thank you very much. Last question for you today. and this is a it's a question that has many answers and many suggestions, I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know, something key for you. How do you think that LGBTQ plus people can best support fellow LGBTQ plus people? Again, I think it's taking the time to listen is probably more important than anything else. I feel like a lot of the time when it comes to conversation and trying to connect with others, people tend to, there's a lot of people talking and not a lot listening. So I I feel like the only way that we're gonna move forward and the only way that we can really support one another is just to take a moment and listen to what someone else has to say. Um, I know that sounds quite simple, but for me, that's probably the most effective thing in any different avenue of learning is actually like being receptive to listening and taking something in. I mean, we all have something to say and we all feel like we have something important to say. but the only way we can really evolve in our thinking is to listen to what other people have to say. So, um, yeah, as basic as it sounds, I, I, I genuinely feel like listening is the key. Yeah, no, I think that's really powerful. And I couldn't agree more. It's listening to understand, not listening to respond, isn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah, you couldn't have put it better. Yeah, yeah. it's um, that's exactly, I wish I'd use those words. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I borrowed them from someone else, but I'm going to take full credit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for today. I hope people have learned and it's raised a bit more awareness on these hierarchies of identity and how we can stop them. And everyone absolutely needs to go and support your business. Look at the Instagram page, look at the brand, look at the blog, because I, and I really am not just saying this for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> it is something I am really passionate about getting behind. Thank you. No, you're welcome. I really, really appreciate that. And can I also say, um, well, two, uh, two more things. Firstly, uh, I'd like to say you know, to anyone who's listening, if, if, if they feel like I've said anything a little ignorant um, or um, a little uneducated, 
uh, or if you feel like there's something that I can learn from you, please do get in touch. Like I'm very receptive to knowing when I've made a, to be for someone highlighting when I've made a mistake or if there's something that I can be educated in. Um, I'm usually a terrible public speaker. So um, I've been tripping over my words left, right and centre during this hour. Um, so thank you for not only your patience, but to the listeners' patience. Um, and secondly, um, it was such a thrill to be able to do this. Um, thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. Um, again, what the most exciting part of it is that what you're doing completely mirrors what Homo Joe is doing. Um, so I, I don't think there could have been a better opportunity for us to have a discussion and to really talk about what each other's doing uh, is doing. So thank you for that. No, you're absolutely welcome. And I couldn't agree more. I think we said that when we first connected that our values are so aligned. So this was the perfect way for us to showcase exactly what it is we're passionate about and like you said your, for your first point it is very important that we're receptive to learning because neither of us know everything and like you Completely, said yeah. my dms are always open for people to challenge anything i've said because i i want to learn every single day i want to know more and i want to be inclusive to everyone completely yeah no totally yeah great All right thank you very much no thank you have a lovely weekend you too thanks Thank you so much for listening today. New episodes are available every Wednesday, so please do download, share, and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. If you have any questions or feedback, please contact the podcast on social media. We are on Instagram at at underscore over the rainbow podcast, Twitter at over rainbow pod, and Facebook at over the rainbow podcast 13. Have a queer week and I'll see you next Wednesday.